You are listening to the Fire and Lunch Podcast. As a reminder to those listeners wishing to remain unspoiled for the books, run. This is an all-spoiler podcast. All published books and novellas are fair game. Thanks. And who are you? The proud face said that I must eat this pie. This podcast is brought to you by Joffrey's Sensitivity Training Course. First lesson, you don't agree with him, off with your head. Sir Illin is standing by at the ready. Hi, everyone. We are Fire and Lunch. Welcome to the podcast. This is episode 18, Baylor, and I'm Megan. I'm Jenny. I'm Lauren. And I'm Katie. Yay. So before we get started talking about the episode, are there any cosplay updates people want to give for New York Comic Con? I've resorted to embroidering on the train. (laughs) Nice. So are people almost done or? (laughs) Um, We're in varying states of of, uh, disorder. (laughs) Yeah. I'm, I'm... I'm not even, like, I, my Arwen stuff is almost done, but my Brienne stuff is kind of still going. So you're just gonna we'll get back to you. Okay. <laughs> well, I'm not doing cosplay, so I have way more free time on the weekends than you guys do. <laughs> <laughs> so I went to the Brooklyn Book Festival, and <laughs> there was a panel with Love Grossman. who It was actually yeah. really good. It was about fantastical thrillers and I went to the signing afterwards and the person in front of me had him sign Dangerous Woman. So that reminded me because I actually totally forgot that he wrote a short story for it. So when I went up to him, I just asked him, oh, are you going to, are you, you know, interested in writing more short stories in the future? Long story short, he basically went on about how he doesn't really like writing them <laughs> for various <laughs> reasons. Totally understandable in his position. Uh, but that when George R. R. Martin asks you to do something, you're not going to say no. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, yep, yeah, he's pretty intimidating. He was like, yeah, so I didn't say no. And then two years later, I still had nothing written. And I was like, well, yeah, that would happen. But I was really thinking that George can't judge anyone for that, really. <laughs> right? No, no, he really can't. He really so can't. I just thought that was funny. So a little George mentioned, even when I wasn't even looking for it. Yeah, and actually, the, the short story in Dangerous Women that Led Grossman wrote was very good. And it kind of introed me into his style of writing. So not only do we get a great a Song of Ice and Fire story out of it, we get some good new authors as well. So yay. Yeah. So now I guess we'll move on to the ratings for the episode Baylor. So just so people remember, because it's been a long time, but this is from the first season, and it's the ninth <laughs> episode. And, of course, it's the infamous episode because it's where Ned dies. So. <laughs> So let's insert have, sobbing. Yeah, I know. Insert <laughs> ugly gross crying or whatever. Um, Definitely so, ugly gross crying. Yeah. So what Frey Pie rating do people give it? Or maybe it's been so long since we've done a Frey Pie thing. So, Jenny, I don't know if you want to give an update or like a so, recap of that. Please do. I need it. Okay. So <laughs> because no one remembers who's the oldest. Um, so our Frey Pie rating scale is uh, our arbitrary rating scale based on the Frey Pies that uh, Wyman Manderley baked, and uh, Rhaegar is the best rating, Jared is in the middle, and Simon is the worst. Um, I guess I'll go first. Um, I don't know. I guess I'll give it a Rhaegar. It was a good episode. There was, there was going through it again, there wasn't too much nerd rage. <laughs> yeah, I think there's only one thing that we yeah, I know. really have, and we'll get to it later. Yeah, I think it's <laughs> only that one thing. Um, so, Lauren? I give it a Rhaegar with a bucket of tears on the side <laughs> because it's I, I still sob like a bitch every time I watch it, and I don't know why I keep forcing myself to watch that scene, but I do, and I just sob a lot. It's, it's so, yeah. Um, I'm giving it a Rhaegar filled with nostalgia and, like, hearts and flowers and roses and all the things I love about Game of Thrones. Because Blue roses? Hearts and roses. Blue roses. Blue roses. Yeah. Blue roses. Obviously, <laughs> obviously winter roses. Um, just cause I, I was literally just watching it before we started recording. And I mean, first of all, the thing that I thought of was, oh my God, look at all the dead people. <laughs> and secondly, just the energy of how much I loved the show when it first started out. I mean, I still love it, but it was just that new feeling and how everybody performing for them, they kind of had this nervous energy too. It was just so great to watch it and see everybody kind of coming into their characters. So it's a total Rhaegar for me. Good. 
Well, I'm going to well, be honest. Of all the yeah. dead pe- oh, wait, oh, just real quickly. But speaking of all the dead people, as we've been doing our, our Tumblr post of all the old episodes, that keeps, that, that thing keeps popping up in my mind. It's like, oh, look, here's a scene of all people who are dead now. <laughs> <laughs> like entire storylines of just dead people. Exactly. So, <laughs> oh, uh, Megan, your ratings? I'm going to be honest and say this is my favorite episode of a show Total, like not just first season, but all seasons. So it's my absolute favorite, even more than Watchers on the Wall. So I <laughs> give it a Rhaegar a la mode. And like Lauren, it still makes me cry a lot every time I see it. And I've seen it more than any other Game of Thrones episode, I think. So Rhaegar a la mode for me. So you, you're giving it a Rhaegar with a bucket of tears, too? Yeah, but a la mode, because, you know. Well, yeah. maybe maybe has two scoops instead of one since it's my favorite, and I gave Watchers on the Wall Rhaegar a la mode. So okay, so there you like go. Two scoops of ice cream. Two, two, two scoops syrup. with chocolate syrup and whipped cream. Yeah, sprinkles. Like everything on top. The best cuts of Rhaegar's meat or whatever. I don't even know. <laughs> and, and and then sprinkled with tears. Yeah. Does ice cream go with meat pie? No, not really. So I don't know how the upload works. It's the Rachel Green truffle. The trifle. Oh, come on. I'm not the only person who saw that episode of Friends. I don't watch Friends because I find them all annoying. I mean, I must have seen it because I've seen every episode. I think I kind of remember what you're talking about. Where where she, like, mixes up the pages of the cookbook so she makes half a truffle and, like, half a trifle, rather, and half, like, meat pie. Yeah, that sounds gross. Yeah, well, that's what you just name-checked, so there you go. <laughs> so, moving on, we'll um, start talking about this episode. And so I figured we should just get the King's Landing stuff out of the way in the beginning, since that's, like, really what the episode's most well-known for. So let's chat about King's Landing, which includes not just the execution but also the lead-up to all that to that scene. So Varys and Ned had a really nice scene in the opening, and then, of course, the execution scene. So, anyone kick it off? Which is not a nice scene. <laughs> Maybe we should talk about the Ned and Vera scene first before we get to the execution scene. Because that's somewhat happier. How to die. We established that. I, I mean, Varys was, he wasn't as smooth as we're used to him being. And I'm watching him, and he, he's kind of being very forceful in his, in his dealings with Ned, and he's being very loud about who he is. And he, he's a little bit more his sarcasm had a little bit more edge now. It's very, like, fine, you know, smooth and, and very, like, suave. So he has to be to very him. direct with Ned because Ned's not very direct. <laughs> That's true. Like, you have to actually, like, be straight with Ned. He doesn't understand anything else. He doesn't do like, subtlety. <laughs> no, no, I won't rescue you. Yes, your daughter will die. Please do something. Stop being a moron. Yeah. I just think this scene captured both of them so well, especially Ned, because it's just, it's just so Ned, and I think it's great that they open the episode with him saying, no, I'm, you know, all about honor. I would never do what you're saying. And then, of course, he, he does. does. So it just kind of works out very well. So I kind of like this. You know, well, it doesn't work out well for him. Well, no, it doesn't work. <laughs> but I meant the scene works out well in the episode. But no, it doesn't work well for anybody, but Joffrey actually by the end of the episode. And then it doesn't even I'm work out well for Joffrey because he dies. Like, no. you know. No, I said by the end of the episode. I didn't say by the end of the fourth season. <laughs> well, I mean, it's really like what you were just saying about Ned and you ha- you can't be subtle with him. I mean, how many times, thinking about it, did Varys bring up Sansa in this conversation? And he probably sitting there going, really? You still don't understand why I'm bringing up your daughter? Let me spell it out for you. His <laughs> temper, slow minds. God, Ned. I still love him. <laughs> my heart, like, kind of, my stomach twisted when he was saying, you know, you expect me to trade my honor for what? A couple more hours of this. I was like, oh, God, you're such a beautiful idiot. <sighs> yeah. And then he does it. <laughs> he doesn't get a couple hours. He gets, like, a minute or two. I know. God. Yeah, but for a while he thought that, that it would be the way it was and that he would be with his son and that he would be with his brother and that his daughter would be somewhat safe and his nephew. And he just like, you know, that when it comes to it and he just puts his head down that he's just like, this is it. There's nothing I can do now. And it's, that's, that's heartbreaking. Yeah. You learned how to die a long time ago. You guys. Oh my God, stop. <laughs> I think I need to do this. 
I don't have I don't, there's something in my eye. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> Virtual Kleenex. Uh, yeah. I mean, I don't blame him for the decision he decisions he makes. I probably would have done the same. I think most people would have done the same thing he did. I mean, he really didn't have a lot of options. Joffrey's just an asshole. Yeah. So now that we are already talking about the execution scene, <laughs> um, let's talk about it. And I personally think it's awesome, even though it's so heartbreaking. But, like, the musical cues, the acting, particularly from Sophie and Maisie, is just amazing and I killed know. me. And, like, Sansa yelling, Daddy, just killed me. I can't even handle it. I'm going to start crying right now talking about it. <laughs> I, I really, I can't deal with Sophie in that scene. It's She's so heartbreaking out of anybody. Yeah. Uh, God. Nope, no, there I, think I, go. Maisie, okay. I think Maisie is more affecting because there she is sitting on the statue and she's not even close enough to her father that she can even reach out to him. Whereas at least Sans was there and she's nodding, you know, her approval that he can do this. And Arya is out of touch with both of them. She's like, that's the bad thing. Like she's so disconnected and this is, this ends it all for her. This ends any connection to her family now. That said, this is probably still my favorite change that they made from the book and having Ned see Arya and have a yes. hand in getting yeah. Yoren to save her. Yes, yes. I love it. And I mean, just a shout out to Ramin because I think the music is really good in the scene keep... and then in the credits afterwards. Like, and I love the birds flying. Yeah. Oh, it's so sad. Yeah. And I shout out to Alan Taylor, director, because, you know, I don't know whose idea it was for all the different, how the way they shot that scene, but it's really well done. Mm-hmm. I mean, so. I have to say, I feel I feel like Ramin, his first season soundtrack to me is probably the best out of the season, just because, again, there's, there's this feeling of flying by the city of your pants, the energy is really, like, frenetic, everyone's just kind of throwing this together and hoping that it works. And not a lot of people had really seen everything yet. So I thought, I mean, just the everything he puts into this season, and, and it really shows in this episode, really, he did a great job. So this is kind of part of that whole situation. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, we just want to say Joffrey's horrible. <laughs> yes, he is. I think this is when every, like, I think everyone knew he was horrible, but I feel like this is when, like, the non-book readers were really like, he's horrible. Like, He was just an annoying kid. Like, he was obnoxious, but you kind of went, oh, whatever. This is the first time you realized he was dangerous. Yeah. Because no one will stop him. Yeah. Cersei. Yeah, which I'm kind of like, really? (laughs) No one could stop that? Come on. She was really trying hard. If you look at her face, she's like, you need to stop. You need to stop. Yeah. She needed to walk over there and, like, put her hand over his mouth. How could she Drag him off the damn stage. Honestly, how could she have done that? I'm not saying she could have. I'm no, just right. saying that's what needed to happen. <laughs> I mean, oh, now it's just sad. But oh, no. I guess we well, can move on to Rob. He's dead too. Isn't so. much happier. <laughs> we can move on to Rob. Let, let's. Oh, we oh, want to move on to Rob. Let's talk about Danny and Drogo. Well, I, I mean, but hold on, wait, wait. Rob, it was the actual scene that I was talking about, where I'm looking at the screen and it's like, look at all of the dead people. Yeah. Jamie's alive. But. He's not in it. Oh, well, later. <laughs> later. But, like, you know, when they're waiting at the trident and they're, like, shooting down the ravens and they're like, we need to go and cross over there. Let's take the twins. La, la, la. It's like you're all dead. Theon's alive. Barely. <laughs> but can we just make a mention of David Bradley and how great he is as creepy Walter Frey? Because that oh, yeah. totally oh, me fantastic. out. The, I, the line when I squirted her into your belly, I was like, oh, wow, Ugh. that's still disgusting. Well done. Gross. <laughs> I guess it's, it's perfect. And I don't know if it's really a compliment to say he does creepy that well. I guess <laughs> but, but he doesn't always do creepy. No, he was really I mean, affecting Like in other episode. things, he doesn't always do creepy, but, you know, he does it really well in this. He's mostly done creepy. No. I've seen him in two non-creepy roles, and he was still oh. creepy in them. <laughs> <laughs> and they weren't non-creepy roles if you still thought they were creepy. <laughs> it was Broadchurch and the Doctor Who movie. I was going to say, Broadchurch, okay, he was definitely he wasn't still creepy. creepy in the Doctor Who movie. He was Doctor Who. He was a little creepy. He was a little creepy. <laughs> no, he was the epitome of what the original Doctor Who was. Well, and since we're still talking about the phrase, I know Lauren really appreciated one of the quotes by 
Rob. Wait, 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 I'm sorry, what? You liked it when Rob said, did you get a look at his dog? <laughs> I know, I did. I loved that. It was like his face, his, and then her response is, well, one was. <laughs> Clearly he didn't and, try and that Rob's And started laughing at him. <laughs> they're all so young. Like, they're really playing it as teenage boys there, and I'm just like, oh, shut up. Get over it. That I was like, like a moment it... of sort of happiness. Yeah. <laughs> I like when she announces that Arya will have to marry someone. He's like, well, she won't like that. Yeah. Anything yeah, else? Yeah, her response was, hmm. <laughs> we all knew that. <laughs> like, you think so? And then she looks up at him and he's like, and? <laughs> and then it was like, oh, at yeah. that point, yeah. You too, hon, you too. I think that scene is really well done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. So, and then beyond that, they move on to the Whispering Wood. And I, I know Jenny has an issue with this. Well, I mean, ultimately, I mean, I like how it's done. I just, because everyone was, like, hoping for battles and thinking, like, oh, it's a TV show, maybe we'll actually get to see something until we realized there was, like, no budget for that. Um, I mean, I would have, I would have liked to have seen, like, if, like, stuff, like, have it be from her, her perspective, but have her be able to see, like, movement in the woods and then maybe it zooms in really quick and you get a few flashes of like Jamie stabbing people and then sort of coming to take him and then coming up. But I mean, ultimately I do like how it was shot because I do think it's effective with her waiting there and having them ride up. And it's a really nice moment. Makes me cry. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it tugs on the heartstrings. Beautiful acting by Michelle Fairley. Beautiful. I've missed her. I miss her energy on the show. Well, if they had brought back Lady Stoneheart, then we wouldn't be missing her right now. But, <laughs> but it would be a I'm... totally different energy. I know. She'd still be She'd awesome. She'd still be awesome no matter what role she did. Yeah, I was watching something with her recently. Oh, Philomena. And I was like, oh, there's oh, yeah. Mama. But that's I also really sad, too, guys. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I, I mean, I also like, I, I really like how they did the Whispering Wood, though it might have been nice to, even if not seeing any visual images, like an audio, like kind of her reaction as she's hearing what's going on, because I think that's how it is in the book, right? I remember? Yeah, I mean, it's just a longer scene in the book, because yeah. obviously the book has time, so, but I mean, I still, I do think it's effective the way it's shot. It's, I mean, I guess the only, I guess besides the nerd rage moment later, I guess the thing with this episode is that's like a lot of the first season is it is still that whole like we go from here to here to here to here and it's less uh I don't know cohesive yeah so and I think they do a better job later on in seasons especially I mean I had a lot of issues with season four but I think because they had like less people storylines in each episode I think they were able to create more cohesive episodes so I guess it's just like you get that scene and you're just like thrown into it and then it's like happening but like if you look at it on its own it is a really good scene yeah that makes sense and then of course it leads up to the great Jamie snark so I love Jamie in that scene I love Rob too because I love their whole thing we're like we can end it now you and me and Rob's like uh yeah that'd be an really dumb thing for me to do, which is good for him being smart for one second. Yeah, he is yeah. totally dumb. Not totally. <laughs> He's good at strategy. <laughs> well, some and, strategies. Yeah, like war strategies. <laughs> I do like Jamie just being like, I'm afraid I lost them too. Whoops. I think that part's amazing, and I love it. And I think it's so Jamie, and Nikolai does such a great job with it. I still think he's the best casting the show has done. He is very good. Okay. So are people done talking about Rob, Kat, Jamie, and the phrase? Well, we're never sure. ever really done. But no. for the moment, yes. That's true. For the moment, yes. I think it was good. Because it means we're moving on to the wall. Sword, sword, Yay! sword, sword, sword. <laughs> oh, God. So, of course, we finally get to see Longclaw, which is very nice. And a sweet and touching moment for you know John to get it and then share it with his friends. Of course, a lot of them are dead now. But well, I mean, it's just seeing who, who oh, John was. Stop. Seeing who John was first season, and then seeing remembering who he is now, it just it really brought home how much they've grown him up. Yeah, it breaks your heart, doesn't it? 
It does because he was kind of he was a whiny brat. Like let's be honest, no one understands me, Amen. I want to go fight with my brother. God. And then you he did. grows up in that moment. Yeah, he really he grows up in that moment once Amen Amen tells him, look, you know, look what I've had to endure. And the the quote that Amen says is is really beautiful. And since I can't have, I don't have since my internet is down and I can't look at anything right now. It's it's where he says that um. You, does somebody have that quote in front of them that I wrote them? Where Love he basically is the death says, of duty. I will not tell no. you, you must make that choice yourself and live with it for the rest of your days as I have. Yeah. yeah oh, that. It's like he has to grow up right when he hears that because it's like, here you are. This is your choice now. This is what you yeah. need to decide. And it's such a beautiful scene, too, just he, seeing him kind of relive through the deaths of the Targaryens. You know, just on his face, he did such a beautiful job illustrating that and, and how the rage is still in him. Even now, though he made his choice. Did yeah. they screw up the name, or did he just pronounce it weird? Maker? Are we talking- yeah. Because he oh. says it like Micah, and I'm like, is that just his accent? It's just or his accent. Like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's the way that he does it. He's a thousand years old. He can call him whatever the fuck he wants. <laughs> Daddy? <laughs> well, I have to say that this is, like, one of my favorite scenes in the books, and I think it actually gets to one of George's main themes that a lot of people tend to overlook because they're always thinking about the fucking iron throne or whatever <laughs> gosh megan how do you really feel i, I know <laughs> but i think it's actually really important i think george is trying to make a and i think a lot of people miss the point because i feel a lot of people use this scene to kind of be like oh yeah so john's obviously going to be tested three times and he's going to say no every time just like master Eamon did and then that'll be that and he's going to stay with the night watch i'm like i don't actually think that's what this scene's trying to say because even the part that lauren really likes i'm like He's saying he's not he's not telling John to say stick with your vows. He's saying just live with your decision, whatever it may be. Like I'm not I don't think it's really Eamon trying to say, yes, you have to stick with your vows all the time. No, that's yeah, that's definitely not what he's saying. He's telling him you have to make the decision and you have to live with that choice. And that's what that's what it's nice that he's not telling him, you know, stick to your vows, it's make your decision now, be a man. Well yeah. and what's interesting, like just ripping off, riffing off of what Megan said is that if you really look at how he presents that line, you see that he almost regrets it. Yeah. He has exactly. a choice yeah. and he's living with it, but there's a huge part of him that, that hates that. Of and would regrets it. Run off. But he would have run he off. he didn't have the choice though, because at that point he was old and blind. He really did yeah. not have the choice to make. Whereas yeah, I mean, John is young and can. Saying you're like, oh, well, if I had been, young and still able to i might have made a different choice yeah and yeah. you know what he probably could have rallied people behind him he still was aim targaryen you know he still well, had that take name the chains, once you take the chains you lose that last name so no technically he wasn't aiming well targaryen no i mean I, okay so technically but i'm saying if he had decided if he had said fuck this i'm done and decided to really take vengeance on his family i think that he could have easily called in some loyalty from people around him because he's still he is still who he is i know he i don't know vows. because they don't have that, to make that, their own choice they don't have to make their own choice on the wall no and no i once you join i'm not talking about the wall i'm talking about oh. people in westeros i'm talking about if yeah. he had decided to abandon the wall because he well now you know <laughs> ignoring the theory that it was actually the wall that was keeping him alive because he's old as thin and the second he left it he started dying. We're gonna ignore that. For the <laughs> if we're gonna pretend start, he's still alive and we're not gonna say he's dead. Right, right. We're pretending he's we'll like ignoring all that. No, he's not dead, whatever, he's fine. He he's off with John hanging out, it's cool. Uh but if he had actually decided to leave and go to Westeros and rally some troops, I think he could have done it. Perhaps. Yeah, maybe. What if part two? Yeah. <laughs> Um, and I just want to point out again, because we kind of talked about this in our discussion about romantic relationships, but about the whole concept of love being the death of duty and how I don't agree. And Patrick Ness doesn't agree either. <laughs> and he's one of, I don't know, Lauren's read the book and Katie's going to read it. I'm going to repeat it again. But it's not that you should never love something so much that it can control you. It's that you need to love something that much so you can never be controlled. It's not a weakness. It's your best, best strength. So... I don't know that Eamon's right about it. And I actually don't think that scene's actually trying to say that love is the death of duty. I think that's what George is trying to kind of get across. So, my opinion. (laughs) 
I like it. I agree. Yeah. So are we done with the wall, guys? I mean, we're never done with the wall, ever. We're never done with the wall. God, if Rachel were here, she would be, like, clenching her teeth right now. (laughs) I'm sure she'll be doing it as she's listening. (laughs) And and I guess that was, like, one of the happier, like, segments in the show. Not that any of the segments in this show were happy, but at least it wasn't. Sadly, you you are correct. That was was probably one of the happiest. (laughs) <laughs> no, but like most of the people who were in there chanting sword also dead. Stop. Yeah, happy. <laughs> Poor Gren. <laughs> no, 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 don't bring it up. I think we need to move on. So. <laughs> <laughs> to more dead people. Yes. And, <laughs> and then more <laughs> and future Eamon. <laughs> oh, sorry. So Danny and Drago. And then John too. <laughs> Let's move on to Danny and Drogo, which is also sad. And Jorah. Let's not forget Jorah. Well, only two of these people are dead, Drogo and Miri. <laughs> I love Miri. <laughs> so Ian Gwen, I did not know this while I was watching this the first time, but he acts the shit out of his every scene. He, like, acts circles around everybody else. Everybody in this part of the story has gotten so good They've improved by leaps and bounds by season four in terms of acting ability. We're just watching these scenes. I'm like, oh, shit. Ian Glenn is just, like, killing every line, isn't he? He's amazing. He actually makes yeah. Jorah likable to me. Yeah. But that's well, because I think he's pretty Jorah to look at. He's pretty to look out, but short show Jorah, I think, is different than book Jorah. Oh, yeah. Well, book Jorah, book Jorah is just, well, besides looks, he's just really kind of sleazy, whereas, yeah, I think you know, he's, makes him he's less sleazy. Yeah, he's definitely more... Uh, I don't know what word I'm looking for right now. I'm blanking on it. But he definitely tried to get on Danny more. It'll be interesting to see where they go with him in season five. Yeah, I agree. So. And will he have a no shirt or a different shirt? <laughs> no, I think I saw the yellow shirt in pictures. Oh, God damn that yellow shirt. <laughs> Enough. Did it fall apart by now? Shit. No, Danny made him a new one that looked just as terrible as the old one. God. Hmm. Okay. You know, Am- Amelia has really especially improved. I mean, she was doing well, and this is her first gig right out of school, and she was really, like, doing a good job. But she, her subtlety has grown by leaps and bounds. When she really, I was proud of her watching this, because I'm like, wow, you do so much better now. <laughs> That's yeah, a really shitty compliment. <laughs> like, I agree with you, but I wanted to point out that I think she was terrible in the first season. I don't even think no. she was bad in the first season. It's just that she, no. all of them, she I think, from, better now. Yeah, she went from I think I liked her more better. in the first season. That's just because you liked the story more in the first yeah. season. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> maybe. Maybe. I just want to give a shout out to the actress that plays Miri Mazdor. One, I love Miri Mazdor. She's like one of my favorite side minor characters, I guess. And mm-hmm. I don't think she was in the wrong for a lot of the things she did. I'm going to be honest about <laughs> No, that. she's been no. through hell and back. But um, that actress is great, and I think she did a great job in that role, considering she was only in for, like, a handful of episodes and had minimum screen time. So. She was wonderful. She was really affecting. Yeah. And, like, Drogo was an asshole. I'm yes, sorry. which is why I always hated Drogo. <laughs> I mean, okay, so he's really hot. And they had some good chemistry going, but basically he was a gross, violent rapist. Yeah. Yay. This is is why I have problems with the way they changed it in the first episode where they made it a rape because she's so like clingy and sad and it's like this man raped you and here you are like, oh my God, he can't die. But he raped her in the books too. No, I know, but it, I think it's, I don't know. I don't know how, I don't, I don't know what it, it's just the whole thing just makes me ragey anyway. I just can't, whatever. Um, I just, the whole thing makes me angry. Not, I have no words that makes me that angry. Well, I mean, part of it was that she's going, oh shit, I have no power when he dies. And she knows it, but she's in yeah. denial about it. So I think that was part of her concern. Yeah, but I, I, the one thing I do like is the fact that she changes. Like, you can see how naive and innocent she was in the very beginning and then how much of a stronger person she is at this point. Yeah, and, like and how, I think... How, she never yeah. would have done that in the beginning. 
No, and I agree. And I think that's basically what the purpose of her relationship, like there are lots of reasons why she had the relationship with Drogue. But I think the thing that she gets the most out of it is that she does actually get more confidence and more, you know, control over her life and strength. And she can handle that. Before, I don't know that the Danny pre-Drogo, one, she had the Sarah hanging over her and was like, <laughs> you know, yeah. I don't think she really knew how to express herself in such a way. Well, they took well, care of that problem for her. Yeah, because every time she tried to express herself, he'd jab her in the head. Whereas Drogo, for all his roughness, didn't didn't let her talk, and and you know he he let her talk when she needed to. He let her her say her piece. He you know he defended her if other people said things about her, and that was nothing her brother would ever do for her. Because his son was growing inside of her. Well, it's okay. He he is an actual powerful man. I mean, she she grew up being cowed by this person who wanted to be powerful and made sure he told her how powerful she was all the time, which is like sign number one that you are in fact powerless. Now you have Drogo, who is a commanding an army. He is powerful in and of his own. He's a warrior, and he actually respects her, and that is a huge self confidence boost. Yeah, and not even just Drogo, but I think the fact that she was a Khaleesi, it was, you know, not, it was just not just the way Drogo treated her, but the way other people were treating her too. Yeah. Her handmaidens, her blood riders. So it was just totally different environment for her, I think. So I still find that relationship really problematic in the show and in the book. Yeah. (laughs) Yep. So I'm not that sad. And his death, like, Oh, I'm dying. Like, he falls off the horse. I almost wanted to laugh, and that's such an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, moving on to Camp Lannister. Kevin! And Ke- Kevin! That was, that was exciting. Kevin watch. I really hope they bring him back this season. I, they probably won't, Dude, but oh, no, I really want will. them to. They'll bring him back, because they'll need something for Varys to do in the last episode. Yeah, they need to yeah, I just want to hear something about it, so it's confirmed. Oh, poor Kevin. And Shaga and Axes. <laughs> Shaga loves Axes. I was like, <laughs> that's such a great band name. There, there's another podcast, which I don't know if I should be advertising for another podcast, but um, Boars, Gore, and Sword, that every every time I hear Shaga loves Axes, I hear those guys, you know, doing a metal, like, yell, because they loved it so much. They wanted to find a band to name Shaga loves Axes. It's a good name. It's a fantastic name. fucking name. <laughs> I know there was some disagreement. I don't know if disagreement's the right word, but let's talk about Shay. <laughs> I mean, Take for off. me, with Shay, it's like this season, the first season, I really didn't like what they were doing with Shay. I like, I didn't get it. And I mean, ultimately, aside from the last couple of episodes in season four, I really like Show Shay over Book Shay because Book Shay is kind of meh, whatever. So, I mean, I like what Shoshe became, and watching it again, I mean, I could see more where they were going with her. I think the thing for me with Shay and, like, the early stuff in the show is that, like, her whole backstory that they never really got into, it felt like they were going somewhere with that, and then they never did. And I compared it to Talisa in our show notes, where I was saying, like, because we all thought Talisa was really going to be, like, you know, Jane Westerling, and she was going to be par- partially responsible for the Red Wedding, and then that didn't actually come to fruition. It kind of felt like that, because when they were playing that game, and Tyrion was trying to guess what, you know, what her background was, and she was like, no, drink, no, drink. And then again, when uh, she was talking to Cersei in, like, Blackwater, it it kind of came up again. It was like, well... What was her purpose? I don't really know. Does that make sense? I don't know that we're supposed It makes sense, but I don't think we're actually supposed to really know her backstory. Like, it's all very weird. Like, Yeah, I think it was kind of a point. I liked how she reacted in the game with Tyrion just because I thought that was very realistic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The stuff Tyrion was saying was also kind of ridiculous. <laughs> and like, he I, seemed so smug about it. He's yeah. like, oh, yeah, I know, the, yeah. I know exactly where you come from. And what she basically said was, bitch... You don't know the half of it. Keep your mouth shut. I love that because he is. He's a little rich entitled jerk sometimes. <laughs> well, yeah, like he's really, he can call out other people when they're acting privileged like he does that to John. But I think yeah. he's not always good at recognizing his own. And I acknowledge that he also 
hasn't had the best life. I think in that scene particularly, it was kind of like, really, you're going to act that way towards her? <laughs> I mean, that's the thing. is like this, he's, this is one person who he can actually look at and be like, I am more privileged than you. And he was actually using that against her. It's like, no, what are you doing? Stop it. So I actually really liked that scene. I like how they yeah. did Shay from the beginning, though. I mean, it, it grew on me the second time watching it now. Yeah. Because I knew where they went with her. And I think, Lauren, you like Show Shay, too, don't you? I do like Show Shay. Just call her Sabelle. It's easier. I, I agree I agree with, with uh, Jenny where she's met in the books. It's like they don't really flesh her out very much. Yeah. She just want, comes off as manipulative and bitchy. Whereas in the show, you see that she she does have feelings. She does care about people. She does, and she, and she does what she does to survive. Whereas this one is only, the book one is only looking for a handout, and it's you know they're completely different people as far as I'm concerned. Shoshay is more of a character. Bookshay was a plot device. Yeah. 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 <laughs> This was cool getting to see the little gang get together, the thing that everyone kind of thinks of the three of them as their own little crew. And this was, I forgot that this really didn't happen until episode nine. And this is when they all kind of came together and established their personalities. Yeah. That was nice to watch. And Jenny made a really good point that <laughs> Tyrion burns his hand on the candle. <laughs> So does that mean he's not a Targaryen? Because in the he's show, he's not a dragon. So no. he can burn. Fire cannot burn so a dragon. Can but John can burn too. But John didn't but scar. Shay can't, so. can't burn, so maybe Shay is the secret Targaryen. Well, people did think she was a secret Targaryen because of the way her name is spelled. <laughs> oh, get the fuck out of town! Really? <laughs> well, that that was the oh, unsullied part. God, theories <laughs> are so awful. <laughs> And then they keep uh, po- posting in the news about how th- that about Tyrion being a secret Targaryen, and it's like you've got to be kidding me that you're making this news now when one, it's not even true, and two, it's just stupid. Well, we had to yes. put up with like R plus L equals J in the news for a while. Now it's this turn. It's fine. Yeah, well, that's like the latest article I read was like, "Think your mind got blown by R plus L equals J? Read this." And I'm like. Yeah, my mind. When is are they going to start the Jamie and Cersei is our Steven Targaryens one? I just don't understand why they would even think that it would be Tyrion anyway, because he was born after them. Right. It would be the twins first. It makes more sense for it to be the twins. I'm firmly <laughs> in that camp. Exactly. I mean, it makes Not more that sense. I think that they are, but yeah, I don't think they are, but it makes more sense. <laughs> right. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I think the only secret Targaryen is going to be John. Yeah. So he did get. It burned, but he didn't scar. So I don't know how that works in the D and D verse. I don't know. He's a special snowflake. Yeah. He's, See what I did he's there? Not a spore. Yes. <laughs> so I'm gonna avoid our nerd race thing till the end. So I was gonna finish the Lannister part. <laughs> so With, are there other yeah, comments people have about the battle that never race. was? Like back of the battle, but that's not a ba- minor complaint, I guess. But. Well, I was gonna say uh, I liked that they had. The sort of non shout out to Pod, where there, where he was like, "Get my square! You don't have a square." Aww. Because I remember being really upset that there was no Pod at the time. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, for me, I was really excited by the trailer for this episode, which was a really good trailer because all they showed like for that battle was like the half man chant, and I was like, "Oh, this is gonna be awesome." And then he got fucking hit over the head, and I was like, "Really?" <laughs> and basically, spent the whole thing unconscious. <laughs> and then they do the like the cheesy gladiator moment where he's like being carried along. Aww. And, like it's it's funny now. Like I don't care; it doesn't bother me. But at the time, I was like, "Come on! Why is there no battle?" Well, I can't think of it. Like think of how different it is now, where they actually are throwing buckets of money at the show. So you had things like the uh, battle at uh, what's Craster's Keep. Versus this, where it's like, to battle, sunk on the head, passed out. Or, I <laughs> mean, the battle of Craster's Keep was not really a full-scale battle like this would have been. I mean, to shoot this how it was written in the book, I mean, it would have been more on Watchers on the Wall scale, which well, they were right. never going to do. Which they were never going to do. But, I mean, if you think of it in terms of, like, you know, plot-wise, smaller battles, 
you know, Crash's Keep was pretty intense to film as well just because of the logistics mm-hmm. of it. It was just the fact that you could try even to pull that off because that would have been hard. On the budget that they had season one, that would have been impossible. John would have been knocked out and dragged from the thing by Go. That was it. That's all we I am I am really sad that we don't get Tyrion wearing a pointy helmet and trying to stab people with it though. <laughs> oh my god. I that. <laughs> One of the more ridiculous moments in Maybe we should just be glad that they didn't even attempt to do it on their low budget well. Low, oh, because it would have been like the tourney <laughs> with the four people watching. It would have been <laughs> Awful. I, that that's right up there with like Tyrion doing a fucking somersault off the like wall of Winterfell. Yeah. As it, it like what the fuck? What George? What are you doing? Hey, he explained that in the fifth book. <sighs> okay, whatever, George. <laughs> so should we move on to the nerd rage? So I think the only thing that we really had an issue with, and it's a thing that actually is relevant for later episodes, so it has an effect on the series, is the fact that when they were telling the story of Taisha, they left out the part where Tyrion was also involved in the rape. Yes. You know? It just really made me mad when it aired. It still made, I still love the episode, but this still makes me mad. I mean, I, I thought. But I was like, oh, it's fine. They didn't want to, like, go there yet. And in the back of my head, I'm rolling my eyes. I'm like, whatever. We'll see how they handle the rest of the show. But then these are the same fucking people who brought me the travesty that was Cersei and Jamie and the Seth. And now I'm just like, fuck you guys. I retroactively don't forgive you for this. Go ahead. Yeah. No, I don't think any of us forgive them for this. They just handled it poorly because I think they were afraid of what it would do to Tyrion's character. I think that's and then, exactly it. Yeah. And I, then it just continued on, and then they just... It bothers me that... He's their so, golden boy. It bothers me, though, that they mentioned it here, like, just just the Taisha story, period, that they mentioned it here. There's definitely mentions to it later on, and then still they just did nothing with it in the end. Yeah. yeah so, like, why is, bring like, it why up? Why Why yeah. bring it up here? Why bring it up, like, later when... I mean, even... There's, what, in, like, season three when Tywin is, like, telling him he has to marry Sansa, and he was like, I was married before. You know I mean? Like, they do bring it up. I just, I don't know why they bothered if they weren't going to do something yeah. with it, with like, the climax of that story. I agree. Story. And a part of me was like, well, maybe they'll reveal it later, because they weren't really sure how an audience would respond to that kind of thing. And they could have, And but I, they I didn't. thought they were going to, so when it never came, I was like, but that's actually really important, and I don't think it's important because I'm not saying I don't like it's not that I want people to think badly of Tyrion I actually think in a way it helps explain a lot of his behavior and shows how horrible Tywin is mm-hmm. and like and gives him more reason for killing him which yeah, they left out anyway like it just leaves out a lot of his character and I mean it's I it still annoys me and I know it annoys Lauren too <laughs> it, it leaves out a lot of what he wrestles with yeah internally it really Which is. Maybe a, that's the problem. It's like the start of them taking away the shades of gray to Tyrion. Like the mm-hmm. stuff that makes Tyrion such a great character in the book, they kind Definitely. of like take away a little bit. He does become that, you know, good funny guy that you know people think's just a laugh. They're like, oh yeah, that funny, you know, the guy that's funny dwarf or whatever. Like that's what like the, the imp- on book fans say. And I'm like, no, that's not really who Tyrion is. I know. Exactly. Like Tyrion's not actually a good person. He's not bad. He's, he's not, not a bad a, he's, person. It's not that he's a bad person. It's just that he's a more nuanced character in yeah. the books. Right. I mean, that's that's it. none of these people are intrinsically good people. They're people. So they have really bad times and really good times. And Tyrion happens to be showing a little bit more of his selfishness and faults currently. Yeah. That's why it makes me wonder what they're going to do this coming season. Because I, it's like, are they going to let him have his, like, dark moments where he may not be the fan favorite after people... I, I can live without hearing where the whores go. Well, well that would work anyway, because... They did let him kill Shay. Yeah, and I was concerned about that, but I mean, it was still a weird thing where she picked up the knife and, like, was it self-defense? Like, there were weird things with that where they didn't go there completely. Right. Yeah. It wasn't just him doing it, it was supposedly him in self-defense there. But you so, wonder if he's going to be all suicidal like he was in dance. 
in the fifth season. I mean, he could still be suicidal. Yeah, I know. I just wonder if they're going to go there. Yeah. Yeah, I can I can live without him being a Taylor Swift song for a whole fifth season. <laughs> live without him what? I can live without him being like a Taylor Swift song for a whole season. <laughs> I, I would well, hope that he... Yeah. And um, if there is no Penny, which we don't really know, right, because we Probably don't not. announce everything. I just wonder how that will affect his storyline, too, because I feel it's kind of like Penny kind of in a way shows how horrible he's being because, yes. you know, she's like such a good, sweet, kind-hearted person. And then you see him and you're just like, okay, I kind of get it now. Yeah, yeah because because part of, 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 of the good side of him does come out again where he does find yeah. himself wanting to protect her and wanting to take care of her and making sure she's all right and trying to save her from, from any pain. And what what no. is that going to do without We're that? We're just going to have, without... like, buddy comedy with him and Jara. That's oh, what's going to happen. Oh. He's going to be, like, the new Braun. It's going to be weird. Excuse me. No, it's going to be the road trip because, you know, <laughs> we have Todd and Brienne. We have... We we no longer have Arya and the Hounds, and now we're going to have Jorah and and, uh, and Tyrion. Tyrion. Can Jorah you picture Jorah doing comedy? No, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> like, Jerome Flynn is one thing. Ian Glenn is an entirely different thing. We're gonna get, well, it's like, going to be funny. Ian it's going to be unintentionally funny. Yeah, he's going to be pining for the fjord. Like, this is going to be some, like, heavy Shakespearean shit. And there's, like, Peter Dinklage, who's amazing, but he's going to end up being relegated to the fart joke humor. Oh my god! <laughs> it's gonna be interesting. <laughs> it's gonna be terrible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I actually think that's the storyline for the next season. That I'm really intrigued on how they're gonna do it because it does yeah. cut out so much. Yeah, no, like without John Con and and Aegon and the whole. No, that's gone completely. <laughs> You know it's gone. Well, no, I, I yeah, I mean there hasn't been any official casting, and they can't really announce casting for that one either anyway. But I assume it's if not if I'm assuming it's not next season. Maybe I'll appear the next season after that. I mean, there's I mean I've come up with a way that they can appear in season six without appearing in season five. But I just feel like if they're trying to wrap this up in seven seasons, they're just not going to do it. Yeah. No. I don't know where it's going to go in the books, and it concerns me for where it goes in the books if they feel it's not necessary, but I I don't think it's... We're not getting it this season. Holy no, we're shit. not. It just, I mean, they've shown... There's been, like, pictures of, of Jorah and Tyrion, like, in a place where people think is the sorrows, so I don't... I mean, are they going to give Jorah grayscale? Are they going to ignore the grayscale thing? Is Are they both going to come out fine? I don't know. I think George has said that there will be a like grayscale will become a thing, like it's a plague coming to Westeros. But I guess if it's also in Shireen, like if Valis right and the child is unclean, they don't really need John Con necessarily to spread. Yeah, I mean it would just be I guess in the books it would just be like okay, it's it can start in the south and in the north, but or some rando could just start it in the south. Yeah, who knows? Yeah, it remains to be seen. I mean. Of course, for me, I still want John Con, but I'm I'm losing faith in that. <laughs> Katie, I don't think they care. You were gonna say? I don't remember. Okay. Clearly, wasn't that important. It's I mean, I was gonna point out that because they did the House of the Undying so differently, they it's not like they've even the only I think way they've alluded to the whole John Con storyline is Barris. Like Barris still needs an endgame. Right. So I could see them that and the mentioning of the Golden Company because I yeah. don't know what they're doing with the Golden Company without them. Yeah, that I mean, true. I guess someone else could borrow the Golden Company, but like who and why? I don't know. Yeah, unless Danny just gets them for whatever reason. But I feel like what are they gonna do with Varys? Like this is Varys's thing, unless the whole time yeah. Varys is supposed to be supporting Danny, but then that'll just be really anti-climactic. Like, and the whole Blackfire thing goes away. I don't know. It just. I'm very curious slash very skeptical to see what they're going to do with it. Yeah. I remember now. Okay, oh. go. <laughs> it's just, I was saying, like, it, talking about the fact that we're going into season five, we don't have certain characters yet, and there are only really, like, two seasons that have not been filmed. It's just crazy to me. Like, the show is going to be over really soon. Yeah. And we still won't have six. <laughs> and we no. still won't have book six. 
Like, this is crazy. We're, we're really going into completely new territory. We have no idea what's happening. Yeah, and we won't know really what is going to be booked, like, what is stuff they'd learn from George or what isn't until the books come out. Oh, or what tangents they've gone off on. Yeah. Yeah, since George isn't writing episodes anymore. We're going into scary territory here. I like well, it. George isn't I writing like books it. either, so... <laughs> Megan and I are on team, like, let the show go continue, because whatever, I want to be surprised again. I kind of miss Well, you can't exactly that. make everybody wait until the books finally come out. Because it'll be 30 years and everyone will be way too old. Yeah. And I just want the show to confirm our plus L equals J. Yeah. And John's re- re- uh, reincarnation. Yeah. So, yeah, I can't talk about that, okay? <laughs> There's been enough crying tonight. <laughs> The shambling corpse of John Snow. He's not dead. <laughs> on that note, can yeah, you put that uh, on a T-shirt for me? Can you just do that? Just so he's not, he's dead? not dead. Yeah, you could even just use my little like my little cake pop dude and just have that like shouting forth from it. He's not dead. I can see Dan and Dave really fucking with us at the very end when we see we're supposed to see who gets the Iron Throne, and and the and the. And the uh, chair is empty, and they say, and now, and now, and now uh, our new, and then it, the screen goes black, and we don't know, and then I guess they play the music that they play at the end of the Thomas. Oh, I thought we were doing that. <laughs> no, you know and now better? the shambling corpse of Jon Snow has made his way south and will take his place on the Iron Throne. He's not dead! <laughs> He's dead! <laughs> He's better. You'll have a. a copy like you'll see the iron throne and then like it'll fade in or like tan into it and then all of a sudden in the in the seat you'll see like a piece of paper that says magna carta on the top yeah <laughs> i'm a fan of that because i actually don't want the iron throne to exist at the end but no i'm over melt it melt it down Team small we need some rickon and cannibal melt it down <laughs> and establish democracy no, we need the parliament so that in about 100 years later, or actually 500 to 1,500 years later, you can have the North having a referendum. Uh, the North would like do it much earlier, I think. Yeah. <laughs> Five years out. Okay, it's done. We're, we're out of here. Referendum. <laughs> so I feel like we can't really talk about this episode without at least talking about basically what it meant for the show. Because I don't, at least my experience when this aired and like with other people watching it and really watching this because we all started watching it obviously when the first season was airing it's not like we joined later but I Mm -hmm. felt like this was the episode that actually got the show like the media attention that it had basically like this is what made it be super famous and like water cooler type talk show or the the videos of people showing their friends who who hadn't read the books their response to the episode video after video this yeah. is the first episode, first moment where all the book readers were just waiting for it, you know? Like, we had dreams of getting to the Red Wedding and such things, but this was the first moment where we were like, yes, we get to watch everybody watch this. I loved that moment. Like, I wasn't happy to see Ned die, but it was happy. I, I was happy to see people's heads explode. Yeah. <laughs> I'll admit I love watching this episode with Unsullied people, and I've watched it with a few Unsullied people. Because even up till when it happens, they don't believe it's going to happen. Like, Oh, no, they think Arya's going to, like, run and save him somehow. Or something. They, like, look over, and they're like, he's not going to die. And even after it happens, they still look over and go, he's not dead. They just, yeah, oh, no. <laughs> Wait yeah. till episode 10 where you see his head. Well, no, it's like people, I remember when it actually happened, and there were, like, articles and just pages on message boards of people going, like, he's not dead. They didn't show his body. He's not dead. I'm like, no, no, that rule does not apply. This is not not days of our lives. (laughs) Oh, no, it applies in terms of every other death, just not this one. Right. (laughs) It actually really does, like, in George's world, unless you see a body, like, I need to see some receipts. If I don't see the body, the person is not dead. That's a days of our lives move. Yeah. Like, oh, she didn't find the body. Look, oh, the evil dude is back. Whatever their names were, or any soap opera. <laughs> well, I mean, especially opera, if you yeah. don't, if you don't see the, you know, the moment of death. I mean, this you like, you're seeing them cut his head off, even if you aren't seeing the head fall off. Like, you see the sword swing. I mean, it's not like yeah, yeah. It's not like Serial Pharrell where you just like don't see what happens, and so yeah. people can speculate on that, or people who just disappear. He's not or dead. In the, or in the books where you have you know letters being sent like, 
oh, we killed Davos. And, like, no one believed that. Right. Yeah. No one was surprised when he showed up in book five. So with my unsullied friends, they'd look over at me and say he's not dead as I'm crying. And it's like, really, you think he's not dead? Why would you cry? <laughs> it's Sean it's B. not like he could duck. It's not like he could get himself out <laughs> yeah. of that. Like, ooh, yeah, that was roll, close, you guys. Tuck and roll and, like, take everybody out, <laughs> grab the sword, and just start, like, slaughtering everybody. Yeah, there you go. Or he was wearing he was wearing an invisible metal collar that protected him. If he so, was Aragorn, I mean, he would have gotten out of that. No, I'm sorry. Ice is obscenely large. Even Aragorn would have been like, nope. <laughs> Aragorn would have turned around, beheaded everybody, including uh, Joffrey, and then pinned his ass to the wall. Are we talking about Aragorn or Viggo Mortensen? Yeah, Yeah, I was going to say. Either one, really. I mean, Viggo basically is that, right? the same person. (laughs) And he did walk around Wellington with a sword on his ass. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah, he didn't bathe for days so he could keep himself in character. And he brought his sword with him into restaurants and stuff like that. (laughs) Clearly, he is Aragorn. And then he'd jump on one of his 16 horses that he's taken from film sets. That he's taking home and that he named and whatever, yeah. It was only three. It was two from Lord of the Rings and one from Hidalgo. Hidalgo. Thank you. I can never pronounce it. His interview with Stephen Colbert is really funny. You guys should Google it and look it up. I recommend it. (laughs) All right, so if Ned was Viggo Mortensen, he would have survived. Yes. Agreed. (laughs) <laughs> Basically, if he was Boromir, it Sean didn't Bean. happen. What? If Ned wasn't Sean Bean, he would have survived. Exactly. <laughs> well, he was Boromir. Boromir died, and so Ned is going to. Well, you exactly. know what I love that after he was Ned Stark, it became such like a widespread joke that anything Sean Bean is in, he dies. That for his new show, they actually had to make it part of the advertising strategy that it's like he actually doesn't die this time, you guys. Don't no, the, 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 ha- the hashtag is Sean Bean lives. Yeah. Or say, the like, the hashtag was don't ridiculous. kill Sean Bean. Don't kill Sean Bean. There it is. Which reminds me, I didn't want to Don't kill Sean Bean, so, yes. just give him weird Texas accents. Yeah. And he was even wearing a t-shirt. Like, he was like ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, he's in, like, normal clothes. No, no, yeah. he was wearing a t-shirt that said don't kill Sean Bean, wasn't he? Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, poor dead Ned. Cool. Oh, now I'm all sad. So now Ned, I want to make the cake pops. I know, now I want to make the cake pops again. <laughs> Aww. Well, you'll have to wait until after Comic Con because I don't think there's enough weekends left. No. Oh, no, I, it will have to wait until after I'm from Ireland. <laughs> all right. Any other closing comments of the episode? Well, this, this is a good phrase setup. I think you kind of got an idea of who the phrase were. Yeah. From this one episode. This was perfect. This really was a great intro to the Red Wedding. There's yeah, a direct and, line here. And they were memorable because it was so creepy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. From one water cooler moment to the next. Oh. Oh, yeah. yeah. Very true. Very true. <laughs> it's appropriate that they appeared in episode nine to yeah. then be in a future episode nine. That is very Ooh. true. Our I wonder people. if they thought about that when they did that. Probably not. Symmetry. Yeah. They probably they did. Sure. see that. Yeah. So if there are any comments, we can end with our normal ending. Wait, wait, wait. Can can we also not just a toast to Jon Snow, but can we also toast to Ned's head? Yes. And actually, before we toast, let's remind everybody, we are going to be having an event for New York Comic Con, we're not just cosplaying. We are also partying. Um, it's going to be at the Twins. Where, uh, Lauren, what's the exact address? Uh, do you think I know the exact address? When I don't have <laughs> it's, on Avenue, it's on 9th Avenue between 33rd and 34th. It starts at 6.30 and goes to 11. Uh, come on hang October, out with us. On October 9th. On October 9th, Thursday. You don't have to be going to Comic Con to come. If you're in New York City, come hang. It'll be fun. It's free. It's free and prizes, yay! Yes, there will be prizes, and, and there'll be prizes, and the food is decent, so the food is very good. Yeah. And you get to see our smiling faces. So what could be better? Yeah, and we okay. promise we won't play the Reigns of Castamere. No. Oh God, no. <laughs> Look, even your phone rejects that idea. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
So should we toast to Ned's head first? Yeah. To Ned's or head. To Ned's head. To Ned's head. head. Poor dead Ned. And then to John. Who is not Ned dead. Yeah. Who is not Ned dead. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Wait, what? He's he's not Ned dead. He's he's dead, but he's not Ned dead. Yeah. That was like a frozen dead. moment right there. All right. Well, to John Snow. To John Snow. 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 Bye. 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 Bye, everybody. And so he broke that sacred oath that Lord of the Crossing. And now the pie crusts cover his skin. And they're so good to eat. Yes, now the pie crusts cover his skin. Revenge it tastes so sweet. Rachel is having a meltdown because uh, Robin Hobb is not going to be there on the day we are cosplaying Fitz and the Fool, so that's cool. That's cool? <laughs> you guys work so hard on it. I'm just like, my heart is breaking for you guys. I know. It's sad. She's, I mean, she's resorting to sending Gollum gifts, so... <laughs> It's it's not it doesn't sound good. She said she was going home to cry. So well, she's also doing passive aggressive Tumblr posts, which are great. Oh, I well, missed those. Yeah. I saw her. She, I saw her she tweeting. She can go home and cry as long as she's still working on her stuff. She said cry. So yeah. it's a new verb. <laughs>